tell me what you really, really want. Hi, I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan. Welcome to Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. In these episodes, we connect with courageous women who are ready to share their healing journey stories. Forgiveness is all about connecting with our inner child, connecting with our heart, and realizing we can never go back and change the circumstances, but we can certainly gain a new perspective. Mindset is the crux of all that we do. It's a matter of the heart. Want to be a guest? Visit lisadrennan.com and sign up today. Would love for you to like, rate, and leave a comment on this episode. Be sure to share it with you know will resonate the most with it. Want to learn more about aligning your thoughts with your heart? Subscribe to my website and connect for a free discovery call where we dive into divine heart alignment. Hey, welcome to this episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside a Manner of the Heart. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, Empowerment Mentor, and this is the Sharing the Secret series. This is day two of the beautiful stories that courageous women post-abortion are sharing, how to heal from this trauma. And today we have the beautiful Carmine Aguirre, she is a business and mindset strategist and trauma survivor. A former trauma psychologist, she creates union of business strategy and healing trauma to achieve optimal performance. And if I said any of those words wrong, it's just because I do. <laughs> um, so forgive me. <laughs> um, and welcome, Carmina. Thank you so much for being courageous, sharing your story. Um how did I do on your last name? I know we've talked about this before. You've been a guest on the show before. And it's like we said, just get the name right. <laughs> so my name's Carmina, right? Aguirre is the last name. So um, Aguirre is, I always used to say it's like the gear in a car. Aguirre. Carmina Aguirre. And thank you for Carmina having me. Aguirre. <laughs> yeah. That's a beautiful name. You say it so much. You obviously say it right. So it's beautiful the way it sounds when it says right. Uh, my my grandmother's name was Carmela, so I think of Car- when I see Carmina, I think of Carmela, but it's Carmina. Exactly, and it rolls off the tongue so beautiful. It's such a beautiful name. <laughs> Thank you yeah. so much. So tell us, what was life like before um, you found out you had this unplanned pregnancy? So I w- it, I was actually going through such an interesting time. I would say that uh, it was in 2013, and I was in a uh, work environment that was pretty toxic and an unhealthy work environment. Um, and I had was making one of my many leaps of faith, and I was resigning from that position and seeking out other employment, and. There were so many things that were circling together. It was kind of like, I I would almost say like the perfect storm. I just gone through a major betrayal. Um, I had, I was absolutely heartbroken. Uh, I lost my best friend through this betrayal thing and a, uh, a boyfriend or a situationship, to be honest. But um, all of these things were kind of like coming together and it was just kind of like a big explosion, I guess, of um, 
a, a very challenging time for me prior to that. And, and otherwise, I mean, I was like number one stunner, go getter, always getting these awards and these achievements and high profile VIP dignitaries, all these really, really cool things. And I was traveling the world. I was just constantly looking at career growth and development and ways to become, you know, more fulfilled in life, more positive and, and having all of this kind of, I would say it was like the dark night of the soul is essentially probably exactly what I was going through. Just a really internal moment of uh, reflecting on how I got to where I was on the good and on the bad. So when I found out about the, the pregnancy, I had just started a new job at um, working as a contractor still in psychological health and trauma uh, for the government in a different agency. And there was, you know, yet another dynamic over there, honestly, about kind of toxic work environments, you know, very controlling, uh, disempowering and micromanaging on a different level. And I I really felt like I wasn't able to be authentically me. And I had pretty much transitioned out of a uniformed military role into a government contractor role. And so I was being challenged also by roles and responsibilities and perception of who I was and who I was not anymore, if that makes sense. And um, so when I found out that I was pregnant, uh, I remember I first took uh, a test and the line seemed very like faded, broken, really kind of not there. And my roommate at the time was like, no, that's a, that's a yes. I'm like, no, it's not clear to me. I'll go get another test. And I got one of the digital ones. Right. And, you know, it's very interesting because I think um, when we want something really bad, we're going after that. When we don't want something, we're looking at avoiding it. Right. Uh, and so I got a digital test that was clearly saying pregnant or not pregnant because I needed it to be clear, <laughs> right? This one line, two line, this half of a line, uh, it was very, to me, it was very confusing. And it, I don't, you know, I was not one that was, um, actively seeking to have a pregnancy. Right. And, and so this really kind of threw me off kilter, I would say. And, uh, and it was about the timing in my life too. Like I didn't feel stable. Um, I didn't feel stable. I didn't feel financially stable. Uh, the, the situation wasn't stable. There was so much discord, I would say at that moment that everything energetically to me just said, no, like, no, just, it was a hard no for me, energy wise. A lot of people will say things, you know, about their abortion experiences or, um, about I, the process of trying to like weigh out the pros and the cons to decide. And for me, it wasn't really like that. 
it was a very clear, not cloudy. No, there was not even like an ounce of, of should I, it was just like, and it it was as simple as a yes or no. I don't know how to say it. There wasn't a gray area for me. I I wore a lot. You were never on so your pregnancy test and you're looking at it, this visual one, and it's saying pregnant. So it was either say not pregnant or pregnant. And it said pregnant. And inside you're like, no, this is still false positive, right? <laughs> you know, like this isn't happening. I'm not ready for this. The person that I'm with is not the person I want to have a child with. I mean, I imagine all these thoughts going through your head. I mean, I experienced, I was a lot younger um, when I had my two abortions, but being pregnant three times before the age of 17, it's like, you know, the first time I was 16, I was like, oh no, I can't be pregnant. I'm only 16. And, you know, and oh my, the thoughts about like, what would my parents say and what the shame would be? And I'd have to move away and I can't handle a baby. And so here you are a little, you know, older, but you're still in that position where no, no, I'm not financially ready. I'm not mentally, emotionally ready. And then looking at this guy, uh, no. <laughs> and then you're like seeing this test that's saying yes. And the, the, the conflict going through your mind. So like, what did you do next? Uh, <laughs> well, um, I had one of my friends take me because I, I didn't even know how, I mean, I, how old was I? I think I was like 33, maybe. Um, it was, I guess, like 31, maybe. And um, I didn't even know how to go about it, but I wanted to get that the medical abortion pill. And so I went to like an urgent care facility and the doctor educated me that that's not nothing that he could prescribe that I had to based on state laws that I had to go through. Um, cause I was living in Virginia, uh, that I had to go to a specialty center that they have to do pregnancy counseling. Um, and I have to wait a certain period of time also. And so that was, uh, the process. I made an appointment. Um, and it was very interesting. I've got to be um, well, I'm always a very honest person anyways. Um, it was probably one of the most interesting experiences was that I went to an abortion center and there, I think they kind of like took in new patients in groups, like only on certain days. Right. So this room had like 40 other women. And I mean, every ethnicity, every age bracket. Like, okay, I'll say easily into our fifties. Okay. And they were there for themselves, right? It wasn't like there was a 50 year old that was bringing in her, you know, 13 year old or 16 year old child. She was there. And so I think one of the things about that experience that opened my mind so much to that, I I mean, life, I guess, right? Just life is that an unplanned and unwanted pregnancy can come at any stage in your life. And it depends on what the circumstances are, whether or not you may want them. And we know that there's all kinds of underlying factors, you know, financially, is it a good decision financially? Is it uh, a healthy relationship? Is it a toxic relationship? Or is it that you already have two other grown children that are 25, 30 years old, and you don't want to do it again. Right. 
you know? And, um, and so it, it was a, a very eye-opening experience for me. Yeah. And we tend to think that unplanned pregnancies are only in younger people and, you know, that it doesn't affect married couples or, you know, divorced women or, but it does, it affects everyone in every walk of life, don't matter where they're at. And there's a myth, um, do a myth buster. There's a myth buster that, you know, only poor people get abortions and that's so not so untrue. Um, you know, it's, unfor- you know, it's, it's become a form of birth control. It's been said, um, you know, in the, if you Google it, it comes up like, yes, this is the new form of birth control. And I don't really see it as a form of birth control. I just see it as, you know, things happen that are out of our control because of whatever reason, whatever's going on with our own individual bodies. And we have an unplanned pregnancy that takes us by surprise. And then we, you know, have that choice of what we want to do. And a lot of us make fat, make a determination based on what we know to be true, but not necessarily based on facts. So here you are, you're standing in this room with 40 other women or so in all different ages and, um, and things and what they do, like give you a group session and and like tell you like the physical aspect of what was going to happen. Um, so yeah, we had to do a lot of intake paperwork, right. And then had to go back to do a, uh, ultrasound or sonogram, uh, to confirm the pregnancy. And then you had to sit down with a provider to discuss what the options were to discuss the, uh, likelihood of trauma or guilt and shame and all of these other things that kind of come up, uh, with abortion process. And then they make you wait, um, like a certain amount of days before you can call back to schedule to, um, have a procedure. So, um, I had to wait whatever the, the period was. And to be honest, I don't remember exactly how long it was, but I would say probably at least three days, if not one week. Okay. And so I decided to have the, um, the medical pill version of the abortion because I, I felt that if I, by doing so, it was kind of like inducing my period and didn't seem as, um, uh, violently taking away, uh, a life of, you know, or, uh, a, a growing life. And the way that, you know, just as much as I do, just as much as practically every woman out there knows like that, the anti-abortion campaigns are very graphic and it does kind of present, uh, challenges, internal challenges about, um, our belief system, our faith, right? Um, all kinds yeah. of things. And so uh, I chose for the medical pill. And then I did that. And um, it turned out that I ended up only having a partial abortion. And in the documentation I had to sign, it was about uh, if it wasn't a complete one, which is like, I mean, the odds were <laughs> so rare, you know, but let's say probably like 3% or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Um, so I don't want to give false statistics, but let's right. just say maybe like 3% are unsuccessful or uncompleted. And um, I went back into the doctor to do a follow-up essentially 
you know, it was a follow-up. And that's when I found out that I was actually still pregnant. So they did a sonogram and then there was still part of life that was there. So I had to go through a vacuum aspiration uh, that night because that night in particular, um, they told me if they did not stay and do the procedure that night, that I would not legally be able to have it completed in any of the surrounding states based on the current abortion law at the time. So we conducted that and it was a very traumatic experience because the machine broke in the middle of it and the doctor had to follow through with a manual removal and it was uncomfortable and painful and weird. And um, as the, the equipment broke in the middle of it, I, you know, I'm looking at the doctor and I can see how he's like doing pretty well handling a crisis under pressure, but I wasn't aware exactly yet of what was happening. So I had said, it looks like you're handling a crisis very well right now. Will you tell me what this crisis is? And so he's like, this machine broke. We're going to have to do this. And I'm putting an ambulance on standby because I might have to get you over to the emergency room. Wow. And so it was a very big deal. It wasn't a very simple process or it wasn't the uh, gentle (laughs) inducing my period uh, experience that I had otherwise hoped for. So I carried a lot of that trauma. And I think if I were to be honest, I think I do carry some of it still. So even um, on Friday this past week, I went back to the doctor for my ear surgery and the doctor tells me at that appointment that we're going to have to do a secondary surgery. And so that brought back even last week, memories of this, you know, going in for a follow-up appointment, thinking that it's going to be like all clear. And it's like, no, but wait, there's more (laughs) or no, but wait, we're going to have to have a secondary operation or we're going to have to have a secondary um, procedure. And so those things are like that unexpected aspect um, of going through this also that can, uh, I would say, elongate maybe the healing process for some people. Yeah. So that's that was my experience with it. And, you know, it brought quite a bit of trauma that I held on to for many, many years. But in terms of the self-acceptance, I have... I think I absolutely accept the situation and I love myself and I don't think that it makes me any less worthy of a human. Um, And I even like to tie in, as you know, because we've had some conversations about this privately, um, the, the connection from the spiritual world or the experiences that we have in terms of the free will choice, what's meant to be, what's in God's destiny or divine path for us or the universes. And, and knowing that these experiences in some way, shape, or form um, are their own type of sexual trauma that we have an experience. And as we go through healing, we're able to help others heal, you know, and unfortunately, these, these things, abortions and uh, sexual trauma and rape, just like marriage and divorce, you know, there are people that have gone through it before us and there will be people that will go through it after us, you know, world around the world, regardless of what country that you're in. 
Exactly. And a lot of, um, you know, you had mentioned that they'd given you counseling um, about what's going to happen. And you're going to have this, you know, this guilt trip, this emotional um, impact on your life. After the fact, did they offer any kind of um, post-abortion care or counseling or support? Uh, No, it was just kind of like a state required counseling before you make the decision. And then what I did is I went uh, individually uh, and sought counseling for a few, quite a few sessions, maybe a couple months, maybe maybe about three months. So I went forward to do some some uh, individual counseling because I knew that it was something that I needed to do. Yeah. Did you end up telling the father or sharing it with anybody your close? Yeah, he um, he was he was an active. He was very active in the process and it was a joint decision ultimately. Um, and I say ultimately meaning, um, so, you know, he and I had stopped seeing each other at that point and he was otherwise in a different relationship. So, um, when I found out and we talked about it, um, I had essentially expressed, um, that what my desire was, was to not have the child. And unless he had any significant moral issues with that, then I would like to go forward with that. And he was in support of that decision. And he was there with me um, for the, the process is essentially not at that location, but like back at the house kind of dynamic. So, you know, picking up things that I needed. Um, and even when I went back for that follow-up appointment that turned into an emergency um, situation for uh, to, to terminate the pregnancy. Um, I called him and notified him like that, what the situation was. And he said, okay, I'll be right there. And I said, no, don't come here. I need you to go get X, Y, and Z and I'll meet you back at the house in a couple hours, you know, just, and we lived very close to each other. So it was, there was uh, an aspect of convenience uh, behind that too. So I could call him when I left and was on my way and say, okay, meet me there in 20 minutes or whatnot. And um, so he was very helpful. And, and honestly, I probably couldn't have gone through that situation in a better dynamic with a, a joint somebody that was, that was supportive over that joint decision, but it was a decision that two adults made together. And I'm happy about that for me and my situation personally. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's, I mean, there's no, this is non-judgmental. This is not a, a space where we're, you know, bringing in political or religious views or anything like that because I know everybody has their own opinion, Um, But my hope in this series is to bring the raw stories of individual hearts that have experienced abortion, because I know for me, you know, having two abortions, I was pregnant three times before age 17 and two ended in abortion. And I was devastated and I swore I would never tell. And, you know, for years from 1905 to 2021, I didn't tell. 2016 is when I told my husband, um, and unbeknownst to me, my family had already known. And it was devastating because not only do they not tell me they didn't know, you know, here I am thinking, 
<laughs> you know, I, I never grieved it. And what we re- what we conceal never healed, as you know. Yeah. And that really plays a part on our our emotions, our baseline, and what we want to achieve. And you know, we have a similar story. You were very high achieving and doing all the things, getting the awards, the accolades, pushing your career. You know, so it's almost like you're you got these two paths. There's like that inside path where you're like torn up inside, but let me. Let me do these things to to make myself feel better, what have you. And I'm always surprised at the help that's not out there for women who have decided to have an abortion. And, you know, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. And I, I was saved at 12 years old. And I still had two abortions. I still got into drugs. I still did it. You know, all these things that I wasn't supposed to do because, I, you know, I was supposed to be. But I had a religion and a relationship. And when I think about sharing my story, you know, I, I hear the Christians, oh, like the judgy ones, you know, that are like judging you and saying, oh, you know, but that's between God and I that, you know, that story of forgiveness and the judges out there need to accept the fact that they can't be the judge and juror. And I have found myself because now I'm, you know, working with courageous women post-abortion to trust their intuition again without external validation, using the aroma kind to behavior technique. And it took me three weeks to get over that, like judging post-abortion woman. Like, why did you do that? Like you could have prevented it. And I asked myself, no regrets. Do you have regrets? If you could go back to 1985, would you do it differently? And the answer is no. I would have still done the same thing. The only thing I would have done differently is I would have not dated that guy. <laughs> that guy was not good for me. Um, but with the facts that I had at that time, you know, and back then there was really nothing available um, as far as what was happening. We didn't have ultrasounds. You know, you took a, you took a blood test to confirm. And I was literally told it was a tissue, like a tumor, you know, and you had mentioned the tumor in your ear. So in my mind, every single time I think of an abortion, I think of this, this growth, Yep. not a baby, not a heartbeat, just a growth of tissues. And I know today there's way more evidence about where it is at what stage. And I know that, you know, if it's too early, there is no heartbeat. So then, you know, you you bring in the moral values. We can talk about this all day long, go back and forth, but it's, and at the end of the day, it's all a matter of opinion. It's not facts. It's, it's just, it's just our heart. And is there another way? And, you know, you had mentioned about divine timing and divine, you know, guidance. And it's almost like, and I think we did have this conversation. Um, if it, it wasn't with you, it was with somebody else, but just think about those souls were not ready. So you had told me, and I, I use this in my lives all the time, aborto is miscarriage, right? In yeah. Italian, aborto. Yep. And I never connected those two because m- miscarriage to me is not a choice, but it's the baby's choice of saying, nope, not going to, ha- I'm not going to be born. And um, I think of that and like, we can, like I said, we can go off for hours about this, this conversation, but at the end of the day, it comes down to is like, do you truly forgive yourself? And do you think do you have to extend forgiveness to yourself for your choice? So if that question is being asked directly at me, I absolutely um, forgive myself. And I don't know that I ever thought that I needed to, to forgive myself, actually, because I, I didn't hold 
guilt or shame, honestly, around, uh, around abortion. Um, what I had to work on forgiving myself for honestly was that I didn't trust certain things like my intuition, uh, or my intuition counter didn't tell me anything that I was pregnant. My intuition didn't share with me that there was a soul. Like my intuition didn't, didn't guide me to connect with a life that, that scientifically was saying is there. And that I think was, uh, in one weird way, a different level of trauma for me because as intuitive as I am, I didn't understand why I didn't know that I was pregnant, that I didn't know when I went back for a follow-on appointment that I was pregnant and why I didn't feel the energy or I didn't feel the soul when I'm a intuitive energy worker, you know, what, how, how does, how does that happen? And and I think that I felt guilt about that aspect of it. If that, you know, um, but oddly enough, if I didn't have that experience, I would not have ever connected with you in a way and had mm-hmm. that very conversation with you. Right. Because yeah. we, and we can see how like there are, and, and I will never forget, like I shared at least 40 women of all ages, races, color, probably religions, right? In a room on a Monday. And I'm thinking, how often is this room this full? Probably weekly, you know? And and it is something that a lot of people, uh, such as yourself, uh, chose to keep a secret, right? And there's a lot of reasoning for that. And so I think that, you know, we can see statistics, statistics show because the medical clinics report them based on billing codes, at least in the United States, right? So one out of every four women has at least one, if not multiple, right? And so it's, it's a bigger connecting factor than a lot of people choose to accept, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I know just looking for guests for this podcast blast, I mean, the month of May of 2022, for those of you listening in the future, <laughs> this is, you know, a woman a day is coming on to share the story. And I started marketing this back in March and I only have 15 guests. And I thought, well, okay. And three people backed out because they don't want to share the story. They don't want to bring up those wounds. They don't want to, you know, their families know, but they don't want to, you know, rehash it and hurt their families again. And I never, you know, I never even considered about how it would hurt my family. I didn't care to be quite honestly with you because I came from a very dysfunctional family. Um, but what I didn't realize is how it was going to make an impact on me and, and how my choice, because I wasn't able, I felt like I didn't really make a choice based on facts. And that was what really bothered me is like, well, how did I even get myself in that position anyways? Like, why did I think that way? And if I could have just asked myself a different question and gone down a different path, but I didn't, you know, and 
you know, growing up with, well, it's God's will. Okay. So again, that's another avenue. I'm not even going to go down in this series because I just want the support for the woman post-abortion. So anyone out there listening who has had an abortion, I want you to know you're not alone. There is no reason to keep it a secret. And if you do, if you are keeping it a secret, it's destroying you. It is preventing you from being the person that you were designed to be and do what you love to do. You know, you could be overachieving in your, in your work, in a relationship, or maybe you have a broken relationship. You know, maybe you have anxiety, depression, panic. Maybe you're angry all the time and you're lashing out. There's something in your life that isn't going right if you have not healed from this. So in your experience working with, you know, the different traumas, what, what advice, as you went out and you got help, which is fantastic. I think a lot of women won't do that because of, you know, time and, and all the excuses, embarrassment, shame, and guilt. So what would be the, like the one thing of one encouraging word, set of words <laughs> that you advice, let's say advice that you would give to somebody post-abortion um, to help them on that healing journey? I would say, honestly, that the most important thing is for your self-love and acceptance and believing in the decision that you made was right at the time. In the military, we often use uh, the fog of war as as a terminology. And I think that the choice of an abortion is very much a fog of war. We're pressured into making a very important decision in a short period of time. And we have to trust ourselves that we're making the best decision for ourselves and whatever that means with our financial stability, uh, the relationships that we're in, uh, your career and individual economic success. And uh, I would say that that fog of war is so real in that moment. You're doing you're making a decision with a little bit of information that you have at that time. You know, when you're, I love what you said about like the no, like the no regrets or would I do it again? For me, I would absolutely in that situation under those exact same circumstances, that answer is yes. And that's how I can look at it right now in that situation, in those circumstances, if the circumstances were different, uh, you know, I hope, I would say that uh, I would have made a different decision because I had otherwise previously thought that I was ready to have children. And that's something that I want now very much. So, so I think that I uh, it's important not to shame yourself or hold on to the guilt about it because it's, it's a choice that has different outcomes And it doesn't mean that life is any more beautiful or any less beautiful. Right, exactly. And we do, we do have our choice. And, you know, that's um, a decision that we can only make personally uh, with gathering the facts. Um, But even when you're in that situation with an unplanned pregnancy, no, you're not alone. You do have that, uh, you know, get a support system. Don't be afraid to reach out and talk to someone you trust in your family but and get the facts about what it is that you're doing and realize that there's an impact after it just doesn't stop after you get the abortion. It's going to affect you for the rest of your life. There's going to be triggers. There's going to be memories and there's going to be thoughts that are going to go through your head because, you know, if that's where a person came knocking on your door, would you let them in? And the thoughts that are associated with 
this choice are different for each and every one of us. And when you decide to process to heal from that decision versus burying it like I did, it's incredible how you get shifts that just move mountains because you realize it doesn't define you. And when you can look back at your circumstances and get a new perspective and take out the good that happened from that, because there's good in every situation, regardless of our choices. And there's people who have done other things you know, no one, no one does the worst thing ever, right? <laughs> There's somebody else that does something, but it doesn't matter because seek that forgiveness, seek that, that, that help, seek that healing journey so that you can move forward. So thank you so much for sharing your beautiful journey with us and your perspective. If you'd like to connect with Permina, you can go to, is it your website? What's your website again? That is La Luce, L-A-L-U-C-E. Dot com. And again, I am a business and mindset coach helping entrepreneurs uh, grow to six figures. And this is very relevant also for female entrepreneurs because that abortion wound is a root chakra and a sacral chakra block, an energy force that can impact our finances and our stability and our love lives and the energy that we would want to embrace that sensual, sexual female energy. So I help women uh, overcome those in a, a way that helps them with their business. Yes, and she does a beautiful job. And we worked together last year for a, a season, a month, for, I think it was 90, 30 days, 31 days. I think and so. I, inc- incredible shift. So highly recommend her. Um, if you feel connected, led, check out the website, share this with anyone, you know, post-abortion or facing an unplanned pregnancy so that they know that they're not alone. They can reach out. If you'd like to, um, visit my website, I have an amazing program, Divine Heart Alignment Academy, where we get to the core, the heart of the matter to heal. We find that issue post-abortion that keeps you from thriving so that you can live the life in freedom, balance, and fun and joy, unspeakable joy. What are you after asking yourself that why? So visit lisadrennan.com. And thank you so much for being here today. All proceeds go to support Divine Timing Ministries, a safe place for courageous women healing from post-abortion.